Hello my guys, hello my gals, hello to all my non-binary pals. This is the Peter Greenwood Show. My name is Peter Greenwood. I am your host and I have something to tell you. So if you follow me on Twitter and let's be honest, why wouldn't you? It is P-E-T-G-R-E-S-H-O-W just in case you were wondering. You will have noticed that I made an announcement that I was going to be doing something secret and then I kind of forgot to follow up on it. But this is where I tell you what that secret thing was. I am doing the Glasgow Film Festival 2023. I am doing coverage on social media. I am doing interviews. I am going to see films. And this is the first interview I have done for the Glasgow Film Festival. I sat down with the cast and crew of the film The End of Sex. So let's take a little listen to what went down. If you'll pardon the expression. This is the Peter Greenwood Show, and I am sitting in a top-secret location, the Citizen M Hotel, just off just off Buchanan Street in Glasgow, sitting opposite three gentlemen. Could you tell me your names, please? Uh, I am Jonas Chernick. I'm the writer and uh, lead actor in The End of Sex. I'm Sean Garrity, the director of the movie. Justin Rebello, producer and CEO of Vortex Media. How are you guys today? Are you well? Yes. We're yes. very well in this top secret location that you've just... But he just told them where it is. Yeah, totally. <laughs> but by the time they hear this, nobody... No, we, we won't be here anymore, secret, right? Yes. I hope not. So yes. The secret location is really time. Yeah. <laughs> Which is escaping all of us. <laughs> it just got really existential. It really did. <laughs> like, the end of sex, but the end of our lives as well. Well, isn't that what it's about, though? Yeah. That was the movie from last year, right? Yeah, last year, the stakes good. were so, the world. Yes, they usually are. This year, it's yes. sex, yeah. Which to some people is the world. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Let's talk about the end of sex. Where did this film come from, and what's its, if you'll pardon the pun, what's its origin story? Uh, origin story would be that ten years ago, uh, my friend Sean and I made a film called My Awkward Sexual Adventure, a Canadian uh, sex comedy um, that had some success around the world, and uh, many people had asked us if we would make another one. And at the time, we just really didn't uh, have anything to say on the topic. Uh, flash forward 10 years later, we both have kids, we've been married for a long time, suddenly we felt we did have something else to say on the, on the issue of you know, sexual insecurity, and, and so um, we uh, put our heads together on, on this one. We'd been developing something similar uh, that didn't quite work out, and we pivoted uh, to the end of sex, um, and the, project, the script was uh, read by the producer over here, Justin Rebello, who very quickly... Um, got behind the movie and greenlit it, and we were we were up and running and filming within a couple of months. That's a remarkably quick turnaround. I, mean, I don't want to say that you're super fast, especially as we're discussing intimacy. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm a, I'm an excellent uh, lover. Um, uh, yes, it was very very quick. It, it, it was it's interesting. I we, I had a, a general meeting with with Justin, who I've known for a long time, and he said, hey, by, "By any chance, do you have anything that that you know we could look at?" Some, and he gave me a checklist of like you know something that has this 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 and and can do this. And, and in, in internally, I, I, my heart started racing because I did have that. And so I immediately got, uh, got out of that meeting and called Sean and said, I think we have the exactly the perfect project for Justin and his company. And we gave him the script and, and it was extremely fast. I, I'm used to hustling for years to get my films made. And, and this was like a gift. Yeah, we did have to take the script and take all the bits with a dial-up telephone and sort of update it. And um, you know, so it was ready to, to be looked at. He's not kidding. It's true. We did have to update the script because it was 10 years old. How? Oh, there's so much I want to ask. But how did the script change from when you first wrote it to when you read it to what is actually on screen? 
Oh, that's hard to track. Do you, did you remember? Uh, well, I, rem- I mean, you know, we read it. It was probably August. I remember reading it. And we at first we were like, well, let's make it in October. And then we punted till January. Um, so we did a little bit. Of, I think you guys had some new ideas that came to the forefront. And there was, I remember there was probably the opening changed quite a bit, but not significant. Mm. With a big yeah, change, the essence was all there for for Sean and I, who had been developing this thing for years. The, I remember the the big turning point for us was 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 adding kids to this marriage. Was that for the longest time we had a hard time really um, finding the, the the heart of the story. It, it, we just couldn't we couldn't figure out why is it so important that this couple figure it out. Uh, and once we figured out, once we we added kids into the mix, which coincided with us both sort of having kids and not together. Uh, independently, uh, uh, but uh, that then that sort of all kind of came to life for us, and we started to realize how there was more at stake than just a couple who needed to be together. And structurally, when we came across the idea of a, of a camp, these kids would go away for seven days, which gives the film this countdown. Uh, and these these two parents who feel like they somehow have to regain the sexuality that they had when they were twenty eight year olds and single uh, in a week. Uh, otherwise everything's doomed this kind of sense of kind of gives the movie its overall shape Uh, but that we didn't come across that until very late in the writing process as Jonah says originally they didn't have kids and it was called menage a trois and the section with the threesome was kind of the whole film when it came to casting the film how did that happen well we actually had worked previously with with Emily Hampshire, who, who, who plays the lead in the film. Um, Sean and I had made a couple of films with her. As I mentioned, we made a film 10 years ago called My Awkward Sexual Adventure, available now in the UK on Amazon and Google uh, Play and uh, iTunes. And... Um, and so Emily and I, and we'd worked with her on a, on a second film, and we just had a, a camaraderie and a working relationship. What was interesting is that between the last two films and this one, she became famous because she was on Schitt's Creek, and it was a big international uh, uh, hit. And so this time we got to call her up and say, hey, do you want to come and play with us again? Uh, for us, it was the same phone call we've done twice before, and I, I think um, for, for Justin, for example, our producer or our financiers, and a, uh, that was a, a exciting opportunity to have somebody with her kind of cash and someone who was so well known at the time in the film um and then the rest of the casting was uh auditions yeah i, I auditioned people in toronto for uh, melanie scrufano we we went to directly um we were kind of brainstorming who could play that role and i think it was justin who actually suggested what about melanie scrufano and so i watched a bunch of her stuff and i was like oh my god she would be so perfect for that role and luckily she she took it but everyone else uh i auditioned people in toronto and we just kind of picked the people who we thought, you know, made us laugh the most. Not Colin Mockery, uh, improvisational uh, genius. Oh, we Colin. Didn't improvise Colin. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. I'd, I'd worked with Colin Mockery on a previous film, so I was able to just contact him and say, "Hey, man, would you be willing to do this?" And there was a moment on set where he was standing. You've seen the film, of course. Uh, he's standing on set with his horns and his leather skirt and whatever, and I was like dude, why did you agree to do this movie? And he referenced his, his costume and he said, how could I not do this movie? <laughs> it's worth noting, it wasn't lost on me when I read the script that, of course, the lead character's name is Josh, which sounds a lot like Jonas. And, of course, the lead female was named Emma, which sounds a lot like Emily. Uh, so I, immediately I kind of had an assumption. <laughs> and immediately when, you know, as soon as I said, yeah, let's do this, um, you know, I said, well, you're going to play... Josh, right? Um, and then since then, we tried to get Paul Rudd multiple times. Yeah. <coughs> he just, I'm just kidding. He just wouldn't That's answer our calls. I mean, yeah, he wouldn't answer our calls. What's that, Paul? I'm kidding. Like? Yeah. Never once was there a call to Paul Rudd. 
They could be. Does anyone know how to get Paul Rudd? I've got like five minutes left. Can we get Paul Rudd in five minutes? <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> we did have to take the Paul McCartney references out of the script, right? I mean, yeah. All of the yeah. you know, Wings music here. I imagine that was quite expensive to, to clear. Mm. So what's been the reaction like to the film for those who have seen it? Has it been positive? Because I don't want to give too much away, but in the first kind of five, ten minutes, it it begins, <laughs> shall we say. There's, there's, a, there's a scene which if you have young children, I maybe wouldn't watch with, but what's been the reaction like to it? Um, it's been an overwhelmingly positive reaction. I think, you know, we, we, we just tried to put our heart into it and, and make a, a funny, relatable film. And I think relatable is the key word. People have really... Anyone who's been in, in a long-term relationship seems to relate um, to what these people are going through in the film. Um, we had our world premiere at, at TIFF in September, and we got to see the movie in front of a, like a sold-out TIFF crowd, and um, and the movie's had a lot of interest, and, uh, and I'm Justin can fill you in if you want to know all the places where it's going to play. But but it's been it's been really rewarding and exciting to kind of see you know, people responding to it. We make a lot of films uh, that are uh, dramas, um, you know, psychological dramas or thrillers there's something different about a comedy like i really enjoy you you really know if people are on board or not and so when you're in a room watching this with with people in a, in, a, in a crowded theater seeing them react and respond i mean that's uh that's, that's the best indication and a big part of the process uh, whenever i make a film and i know uh, jonas does this a lot as well uh and i think it was the first time for you maybe or maybe i'm wrong maybe i'm wrong i test screen like a lot so when I'm in picture edit, I will cut the film, test it on two or three small audiences, make changes, test it again on two or three small audiences. And to be specific, I'm not looking for, do they like the film, do they not like the film? But I know at every beat of my story how I want the audience to be reacting, when I want the laugh to be, what kind of a laugh it's going to be. And, uh, and so we're testing it constantly to make sure that we're getting that stuff through. Um, and Jonas was doing screenings uh, and Justin was also doing screenings because uh, we're sort of located in different places and, and we were able to sort of compare notes about what, how the audience was reacting. So in a way, when we finally did screen it at its premiere at TIFF, nothing particularly surprising. We kind of knew how the audience was going to react. It was very gratifying that they reacted the same way as our testing groups. But Noting too, uh, I, I have done the testing before. I thought you were going to talk about TIFF. Because oh, right. the first time I had a film at TIFF, which was great and amazing to do it with these guys. But these guys had a record of being at TIFF for a number of years. And TIFF kind of evolved over the years in terms of the type, how they presented Canadian films, the types of Canadian films. So for these guys to be invited back almost exactly 10 years later, right, uh, from My Awkward Sexual Adventure was very cool as well. I want to ask a little bit about the filming process because you have funny people like Emily and yourself and Mr. Mockery, who we previously mentioned. How much do you let those people just go on the day of filming? Oh, yeah. As far as they want to go, we will let them go. I mean, I, I have made a number of movies that were completely improvised uh, in the past, and it's a process that I uh, am a big fan of. And so, uh, you know, we have a script, obviously, and, and uh, Justin bought that script and watched that script. So on take one, we get the script so that we have it. Um, and then it's always a process of kind of one uppery. Can we, can we make it funnier? Can we, because we've got it. Like on take one, you get it and take one or two, you sort of get it and you say like, okay, we have that now. There's no need to 
make that somehow you know more perfect because we have it. Let's go in a different direction and let's see how we're feeling today. And can we take it this way? And can we take it that way? And I think there were a lot of great moments that uh, ended up in the movie that we sort of that these guys just sort of found on set. It's worth noting too. It was a pleasure for me to sit. You know, we were as we were getting closer to production. You know, COVID was kind of escalating, and you know, we were lucky we got through the production pretty COVID-free. There was maybe one or two small incidents, but um, it was really a pleasure to watch Sean, who has a very unique auditioning process, and he's very good at kind of okay, let's see if you can go a little this way, let's see if you can go a little that way, and that really I think allowed. Sean to pick the actors who had the ability to kind of you know play um, on set, which was which was cool. Yeah, we we, we work with a lot of. For, I mean, when you're, when you're doing David Mamet, you have to hit each you know or Aaron Sorkin, you know it's word perfect. Um, but Sean and I have a, a different approach to it. I, I mean, as the writer, I have no attachment to my words. Um, I'm I'm not precious about that. So if 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 somebody wants to paraphrase or go a different direction, I find that exciting. That's where I feel like the the work becomes a lot. And so we really embrace that kind of creative freedom. And I think there's a lot of, I mean, when you when you do photography, there's a, a, something called bracketing that you sometimes you might be familiar with, right? And so I like to I like to also bracket the performances on set because I really feel that the movie is, is made in the edit suite, right? I, I mean, on set, it's like you're on a scavenger hunt. I need three of these and four of these and two of these, and then I get into the edit suite and we can actually make the movie. Uh, but I mean, there's a lot of you see a scene written a certain way and you, we talk about it we say, and you you know at a writing stage you're like is this going to kill our ending like is this emotional you know crescendo here going to be too much and overshadowed and then on so on set you sort of let's get a lower intensity version of it and let's get this kind of version of it and that kind of version of it which really allows you in the edit suite to adjust the overall shape of the show uh, which I think is a super important aspect of working with, with the actors on set. And that comes in handy when you're doing the test screening because, for example, you know, if audiences feel in the, in the test screening that you know, that character it feels too angry here, it's too cold, I, I can't follow them after that, they're too mean. And then Sean goes, ah, lucky for us, we have a version that is you know, 15% less mean. And, and so there's a, sort of that's, that, that's how it all kind of comes together. Now you know all our secrets. Peter. I know a lot of the secrets, not all of the secrets. I'm trying to get more. Right, right. We'll never tell you the location we're talking to you from. No, 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 that, absolutely that, not. That's Citizen N, that is not. A, yeah. Yeah, definitely not in Cumberland from 4. That's right. <laughs> but but uh, I'm not quite sure how to ask this, but... Don't be shy. With all the footage that you did shoot, did it ever go too far? Was there a point when you were like, okay, we, that's a bit much, tone it down? Well, there must have been a bunch of those. I'm sure. Well, yes, he's constantly telling me to tone it down. Uh, that, that usually, now that we've made seven films together, it's usually just a look, and I and I read that I register. But yeah, I mean, when you when you give the actors that kind of freedom, uh, actors, uh, what do you you call me a ham sandwich? Repeatedly, Come daily, down, you ham yeah, sandwich. Ham sandwich. So, you know, actors, actors, you know, we've given that freedom can go, you know, big. And uh, part of what Sean's, you know, great at is is allowing that and recognizing it and then finding a tactful way to <laughs> rein us in. But you, but it's good to have both because you like the, the, the understated performance, but then you show it to a test audience and maybe they don't, you go, oh, look, the actor was right. We do need a waka waka moment there mm-hmm. because that's going to sort of bring the audience back. Because I feel like comedy, you have to sort of, you know, I, I don't know. I, we haven't been through our show and rated as some com- American comedies do how often there's a laugh, like what the, the pulse of laugh moments is. But you do have to have a certain consistency to that, I think. Uh, you know, if you go, I, I always, when I was growing up, 
I remember like when I was a kid going to see comedies and like especially American comedies a lot of times when they get into the third act it's like the jokes just dry up yep you know these comedies where they're like okay now we have to work on character to make the ending pay off and as a as a viewer you're like this is boring now like I don't I don't I want to see a comedy like you know, it's great Tom Hanks he becomes a kid it's big it's great and the last third is like where are all the jokes you're not allowed to speak ill, Ill of, of big in this room <laughs> but you know it, it's, a, it's something that we that we focus on and a big part of it is getting options in, in, you know on the floor with the actors and what was it like working I know you said you've made two films of her before but now that she's a, a bigger star? What mm-hmm. was Emily like on set? Well, we couldn't talk to her directly. No, that's that true. She, true. Had a, she had yeah, a, team, yeah. a team that you had to go through, uh, which was weird. The trailer situation was... Uh, no, for, for us, I, 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 it was the same. She's the same down-to-earth Emily. I What I noticed that was different was I remember when we shot the first comedy with her 10 years ago. She was a little insecure about her comedy chops. Like I remember her saying to us, "Like, guys, I've never done a comedy before. Like, I don't think I'm funny." And we were like, "We laugh because she was so funny." She wasn't as confident. And now coming back, there was a different level of of, of self confidence yeah. as far as the comedy chops. And some of the greatest scenes in this movie are Emily just going off, improvising, taking the lead on it. And so she she really kind of fine tuned. Uh, her, her comedy weapons and and was very clear on what she gave us I don't know if I shared this with you but there were moments of course in post where you know Justin's watching it you're watching it our test audiences are watching it. and I sent a copy to Emily at one point and I was like what did you think and she had a bunch of suggestions because she knew what she she's like in this moment you focus on this actor but I was giving you a reaction that that's I, I think the joke is there <laughs> and I'd be like oh right I go and look at her because I was focusing on the two people talking and she's like the third in the scene I go back and she gave me a great reaction Made the scene work better. That's and indicative of a different kind of yeah, awareness absolutely. of her comedy abilities. Yeah. Well, different level, she's really um, refined her bit emoji game, right? Which is That's uh, true. She's very uh, big with the bit emojis. She's really good with emojis. She recruited half of our actors through bit emoji, if you remember that correctly, right? Uh, does anybody remember this? I have no idea me. what you're talking okay, about. Okay, yeah, she's really big with the, she's got her own little... Uh, oh, yeah, it's like her Getting face. Melanie, right? Was yeah, she, she... Right, Melanie Scrifano, we tried to get her, and it was Emily's... Emily saying, I'm doing this movie, you should come and do this movie with us. But she did mostly forget about it. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, that was random, but you know, she, she's big on that. So what's next for you guys after the film comes out and everybody loves it? Where do you go next? We agreed that we will never work together again, obviously. That's right. That's the end of it for us. Uh, We actually shot a film in September called The Burning Season that we're in post-production on right now. It will be coming out later this year. Um, And and, then Justin, uh, his company, makes uh, a thousand movies a minute. So (laughs) we, yeah, uh, so Vortex Media, we're sort of a mid-sized company in Canada. Um, We've got two features in post. um, And then we've got, I think, four TV movies in post. We had two holiday movies on the BBC this past Christmas season um, and expect to continue to do more. Do you guys get the BBC here? Is that? I've heard of it. There's some show about some guy in a blue phone box, travels in time. Uh What kind of thing is that? Paul Rudd in that? Oh, he wants to be. Britain's Britain's Paul Rudd is in that. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It's been great to see you guys. It's been great to catch up with you again because we met last year discussing Ashbrook. Ash Grove. Ash Grove. Ash Grove. I knew it was Ash Grove. You can just toggle that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll do it again. It'll be fun. We met last year on Ash Grove. And it's lovely to see you again. And nice to meet you guys. Take care. Thank you so much, Peter. Thank you, Paul. Peter. Paul, Peter Paul Rudd. and Mary. Peter Paul and Mary. Mary. Yeah. Singing Paul, we've been talking about Paul Rudd so much. Peter.
My thanks to Jonas, Sean and Justin for sitting down with me. My thanks to you for listening. If you'd like to get in touch with me, you can find me on social media, P-E-T-G-R-E-S-H-O-W. The End of Sex is playing through the Glasgow Film Festival 2023. Until next time, my name is Peter Greenwood. See you then. Bye, everybody. Bye.